0: Content warning. This podcast contains coarse language and cheeky themes. So if you've got kids in the car, colleagues in the office, or a nonna in the kitchen, chuck some headphones in.
1: Who the bloody hell are we?
0: Conversations about
1: immigration and culture in Australia with your hosts, Mel and Sonia. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm Sonia Diorio, and joining me, as always, is my co-host Melissa Viola. Good morning, Sonia. How's good it going? Morning.
0: Good. How are you? Ah, oh, mate! Excited for today. We've got Excellent. a gorgeous guest with us today, yes. and we are together yet again. Yes. We're not separated by the internet, which yeah, is good. We're not know. that close, though. so no. Do not worry, listeners. I haven't we're touched her. We're not breaking any laws. I'm devastated. <laughs> uh, today we have Seren Jayamana. Uh, he is a Sydney-based comedian who's performed at festivals around Australia. He's featured on Comedy Up Late. He's been handpicked for the Comedy Zone and is here with us yes. today. Thank you for joining us.
2: Hello. Thanks for having me.
1: No worries. Thank you for tearing yourself away from the kitchen to be here. <laughs>
2: no worries. It's, yeah, it's very nice to be... It's it's sort of weird that the one of the first social things I'm doing throughout this whole lockdown period is a podcast straight away.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. it
2: feels... I don't know, I've got to perform extra. Like I'm just not even used to talking to people.
1: But, yeah, so we're taking a, big, a bit of a break from live performance and um, you have been cooking a lot, I've noticed. Yeah.
2: COVID has been uh, unlocked creativity in lots of ways and cooking is one of them. Um, I've sort of like, I don't know, I was into cooking before the lockdown, which I think helped because yeah. I had... Um, I don't know. Like, I had everything. I was kind of already had that enthusiasm. I didn't have to pick it up from scratch. And then, yeah, the hardest thing is planning ahead, knowing, because I used to go to the supermarket every day and then on the day decide. Whereas now you've got to like minimize that exposure to, Mm, yeah. yeah.
1: You don't want to go down to the supermarket just for like, coriander seeds
2: yeah exactly <laughs> like, you gotta have you gotta stop a that pantry up
1: exposure to potential covid yeah. <laughs> yeah so
2: that's been that's like i've enjoyed that aspect of um it's almost like a ready steady cook vibe <laughs> to cooking now because it's like what have we got in our pantry we've got to
0: you got to be your own ainsley
2: exactly i love that create something from nothing
0: and you've been making these videos now is there something that you were doing before COVID like making these little tutorials slash comedy foodie videos
2: not really I always I tried a couple of times to film stuff before COVID and like it was just too I was concentrating on the cooking and then I would forget that I was filming it or (laughs) or I'd I'd fuck something up (laughs) or whatever so I just abandoned the idea (laughs) And then I, I don't know what happened during COVID. Just m- maybe having more time mm. or not having a creative outlet or having yeah. my girlfriend working from home so I could hassle her to film <laughs> stuff that helps as well. Um, it just, uh, it, yeah, I don't know. There's also There was also like a need to kind of feel connected mm. and put stuff out. Yeah. And my main, I don't know if you could relate to this as creatives. This is like kind of... A shameful secret. But I (laughs) felt like during COVID as well, you saw the pressure was off a little bit because everyone knew that you were just working with the resources you Mm. had. Yeah. So like you'd see celebrities put out stuff where they didn't have a team of writers or they didn't have people, the support network. Mm. And and you were like, well, they're just putting out this crap. (laughs) <laughs> then I could do as good as that yeah. and that was, I found that inspiring. I gotcha. yeah. I'm yeah. always motivated more by a negative thing than a positive <laughs> thing. If someone doing you, something good yeah, just yeah. makes you bitter. I like well, to I see guess... good people do bad stuff and I'm like, well, I could do that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's the spirit. Yeah. I, um, I think the thing that I like most about your videos is that they're like steeped in a love for the Food Network. Because, you know, sometimes like I think about this when I watch Robot Chicken, like when they make fun of Star Wars or they make fun of like anything, they really love it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like the reason why it's so funny is because they're such nerds that they can pull it apart. And you, you like you made fun of the cook and the chef. And I was like, I'm on board. I'm like instantly into this. Yeah. That's great. Anyone who can make fun of the cook and the chef or like Huey. I'm, I'm loving it. So it's yeah. great. It's good content.
2: Yeah. Huey is, um, I think, he, uh, like, a, there's something about our generation. We all grew up, and that for some reason, I don't know why, but Huey is. An icon. Mm.
1: Yeah, he is. I think he he fell out of favor when people wanted to eat healthier. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not have half a tub of margarine
2: in
0: their their food. Um, So, can I ask, where did this inspiration for cooking come from? Is in your house when you were growing up, did you eat together? Was cooking a huge part
2: of your culture? Uh, yeah, I think probably there's two factors that play a big role in it. First is I grew up with like food allergies as uh. a kid. I was allergic to everything. And Hold on. Everything? A lot. Like right. I couldn't eat any nuts, sesame, mm. shellfish or eggs. And then I also couldn't eat like dairy and wheat because I would get eczema.
0: That is everything. So it's like a
2: huge, yeah. So like school camps and stuff, sometimes I would just eat rice. Mm. (laughs) Or like going around to friends' houses, their parents would freak out because it was like, yeah. I think for a long time I just didn't realise that... It wasn't because kids didn't like me. I would never get invited around. <laughs> oh, it was because yeah, like their parents are like, we don't want to have to deal with yeah. it. Yeah,
0: I, I or, mean, like that's not nice, but I totally get that. Yeah, like that's totally fair as and scary. An, as a parent, as a parent yeah, yeah, of
2: course you don't want to, yeah,
0: kill a child end up with, like, <laughs> you know,
2: some sort of involuntary manslaughter oh, charge yeah. or something. <laughs> but I, so I would, I'd always be. ...at people's houses between feeding times. So like two till five and then I'd get picked up or something. So did
1: you ever go to a birthday party growing up? I did but
2: they were always like I'd bring my own food or that kind of thing. I remember we used to like my family ritual was Sundays we'd go to church... ...because my dad's side of the family is Catholic. Mm -hmm. And then we'd go for like a big lunch with my grandparents and stuff... But it, we'd always just, I'd get macas and we'd take it to wherever we were going. Cause like it was just back 25 years ago or whatever, restaurants didn't cater. cater yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So did you grow out of these allergies?
2: Yeah. So in the uh, last, probably like eight years ago, I think it was around the time I started dating my girlfriend. Cause we went, we ended up eating like at a restaurant and I got, I ate sesame somehow or it was like in the food and so i had to go to the hospital and then oh. the doctor was like oh when was the last time you were tested and uh, i not since i was a kid so they they were like go get tested and i did a whole bunch of tests and they it was only sesame now oh wow. that i can't eat that's great yeah. it's amazing so over the last 8 years i've just kind of introduced all these foods that i had always wanted to eat but mm. never could mm. wow and it's like it was a weird Kind of sensation being in your like late mid 20s eating stuff for the first time because people would be like, Oh, yeah, I've had better. And I'd be like, Are you for real? This is fucking <laughs> amazing. <of> yeah. <laughs> what are you talking that's about? That's amazing. And yeah. So then from that, I was like, Well, I bet uh, now I can eat everything. I mm. want to cook it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. that was
2: one thing. And then the other thing, yeah, definitely cultural. Mm. Like growing up in my mum's. Uh heritage is like Malaysian but Sri Lankan ethnicity.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And Malaysia has this amazing food culture of like a blend of Chinese and Indonesian and then Malay. And so she was like an amazing cook. And I think, I don't know, it was food was a definite way to connect with like my parents' yep. heritage. Yep. ...while also growing up not really wanting to connect with it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> We food, know exactly we, what, is, what you mean.
0: Yeah. That yeah. is why we've started this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So food was the gateway,
1: I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. So your, uh, your mum, so was she born and grew up in Malaysia? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. of Sri Lankan background. Yeah. And your father?
2: He is Sri Lankan uh, from Sri Lanka. And
1: yeah. where did they meet?
2: They both were studying in London... Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so both I think obviously because of uh, the Commonwealth, they probably, yeah, they had like skilled training things where you could go study in London and that mum studied to be a nurse and dad mm-hmm. was like studying some like to be an actuary which is like some finance whiz thing. He yep. was very smart. And then they met uh, there and I think they decided to settle in Australia because of its proximity to Asia. Yep. Cool. So they had a choice between like Canada or it was all Commonwealth stuff, mm. yep. you know. Yep. Um, And in hindsight, it's so lucky really that they chose Australia because like it's so, oh, it's too cold in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you think? Like
1: That's your
0: only factor. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: And it's close to the US and stuff. I yeah.
0: Canada's a cool place, but yeah. Canada is a cold place. Yeah, I was in—I was there in May, so it was almost supposed to be summer, and it was still snowing. Yeah, and I was like, "This is balls." Like, this yeah. is exactly. so
2: shit. I know, growing up in like an immigrant family, I would be shoveling snow. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't want to do that. So, do, are the meals that you're cooking? Do you do you cook a lot of um, traditional foods, traditional recipes, or have you adapted them?
2: Um, I. Yeah, I try to cook quite traditional mm-hmm. but I, I like I learnt cooking from my mum yep. pretty much. Uh, but then I've sort of since moving away I learned like the dishes that I really liked that she made because yep. so I could recreate them. And then in the last couple of years I've also learnt a lot from YouTube. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like I love. I would just watch videos obsessively and then I like to cook without a recipe or just yeah. like intuitively. Yeah. But I think it's all that watching YouTube, I've absorbed it, so mm. it's kind of is there's so still... much out
1: there now. It's
2: yeah. great. Yeah, but I feel I feel a bit weird about how even some of the cooking videos I've made there's like recipes that my mum's taught me which I feel I don't want to share. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's recipes that I've made videos of where I've like Seen things and then learned it and then tried to do it myself. And then when I feel comfortable to share it, because but it's but I, I don't know, I feel this weird authorship and like, um, Why? I don't know, uh, yeah, it's hard to explain, but it's kind of like a joke. Sometimes I'll see, a, I'll have learned something from YouTube, I've learned how to make it myself, and maybe put like my own spin on it. Uh, and then I'm like, can I share this because it's not my. Do you know right because I mean?
1: it's someone else's recipe yeah
2: am I stealing this recipe is it like <laughs> is it like putting up someone else's joke?
1: is it her recipe or is it a traditional um well, that, recipe yeah I guess
2: mum would have learnt her cooking from her mum. yeah and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah.
1: yeah is there's a difference between like family recipe or like a regional recipe or yeah recipe from Malaysia or yeah Sri Lanka?
2: and i I don't really know to be honest because it's um like they're not even that complex mm. yeah, recipes. Yeah, right. Do you it's know? It's just a way of doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And and like, mum would never teach in a way that's methodical.
0: No, it's
2: mm. just my mother like a bit either. Of this, a yeah. bit of that. I think yeah. there's two
0: kinds of cooks. There's ones that are down to the grain yeah. and will measure everything. Or yeah. there's people like me that are like, I'll look at a recipe, I'm like, yeah, it looks fine and then I'll double everything or I'll like, put like <laughs> ten times the amount of garlic I want to. Like, you know, double I just... Everything. There's always a way to adapt it. Do you think um, there's a little bit of fear? I mean this is definitely me projecting, by the way, mm. that your mum would watch these videos and then like call you up and be like that's not how you do it because I know like I fucking put onion in my peperonata and my mum flipped it out <laughs> and she's like that's not peperonata then, is it? And my like it was just outrageous.
2: I don't know. I think my mum is a little bit competitive yeah. with me. Uh, also because right. like food, as I said, food was a, a, a way of connecting. Mm-hmm. With culture and my mum, I feel like she uh, finds some of her value in it, how much we appreciate her food. Yep. Yeah. So then now that I've gotten better at cooking, I've noticed she's gotten better at cooking because <laughs> she's like now... <laughs> Trying to, uh, like, up her game. Like, so when I yeah. come back and visit, she'll have made something new. And That's she's amazing. like, I'll try this. And it's always amazing. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, growing up, it was like the staples. We had the same food for, for years and it was great. Mm. But now she's started to add to her repertoire, which uh, it can't yeah. be a coincidence. I've, I've
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if um, Sri Lankan cuisine is very regional?
2: Uh, I, it is. Yep. Because it's like um, Sri Lanka is, well, There's like I think most people wouldn't even really realise there's a difference between Sri Lankan and Indian cuisine, but Indian in itself is so regional. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I often think about this uh, just on a tangent, but mm. like how Chinese cuisine in Australia has undergone like a, a very drilling down. So now you've got like Sichuanese yep. Cuisine, or you'll have like Uyghur food, or you have so, like, especially in the cities, probably less so the further yeah. out you go. Mm-hmm. But in the cities, you'd have you wouldn't, it'd be harder to find a Chinese restaurant that just does lemon chicken and honey chicken. Yeah. And I reckon there's like white people that grew up. And they like they're like, where's my food? With gone? more you know broad, I mean? like, yeah, with yeah, more
1: like a broad Chinese restaurant, yeah, and then they
2: used to go into the one Chinese yeah, restaurant. And like,
1: I think it's like it's very hard to introduce things, and especially food. ...when people haven't been exposed to it. Yeah, Mm. They're very
0: standoffish. I remember going to India when I was like 19... ...and being in South India and being like... ...oh, this is food I've never had before. And this is so different to the Indian... ...and I thought I was pretty good with Indian food in Melbourne. Like I know it's Melbourne Indian food... ...but like I thought I'd been exposed to like different forms of Indian food... ...and then going and having South Indian food in South India... ...and being like, oh, holy shit, this is a totally different cuisine. It gets watered down. For Australia, yeah, oh, but no, it's just it you can't even find it. Well,
2: there's also different Westernized. There's that, and then there's also just within like the because of the geography or the topography, yeah. topography of because India is like such a massive country, mm. and and also like then there's the socio-economic factors. So they're poorer in the south typically, yep. so they eat more of like less of the breads and the grains. It's yep. more rice-based or um, oh,
0: something as simple as paratha, which is my favorite. Thing in the world you can find in Kerala, and Kerala is like the home of parotta supposedly. And then you go one state over, and you can't find parotta anywhere. Yeah, you can only have yeah, like yeah. naan and and other different breads. But yeah, parotta, which is oh, and beautiful it's and like
2: more spicy in the south because the spices preserve things longer, mm-hmm. and like less creamy and rich. Because the yeah, so there's so it is really interesting. Sri yeah. Lankan food is more similar to South Indian. Yeah, or at least my mum is like Tamil. Yep. So that's from the north of Sri Lanka. So there's like quite a lot of similarities to Kerala and stuff well, like that. Well,
0: yeah. And then Tamil Nadu, they speak Tamil as well. Do you, yeah. Does your mum speak Tamil?
2: She she would have. Yeah. I think she's like forgotten mm-hmm. it all. But they grew up in like... Mum and dad grew up in Asia during colonial... ...kind of like as it was coming out yep. of it. So English was still the mm-hmm. medium. Mm-hmm. So they... Actually, I have a joke about this on stage but like... Uh, I can't really do impersonations of my mum and dad because if I did it it would be too articulate for like an Australian <laughs> audience because they speak like the queen's english you know they oh read, like mum spent her childhood reading jane austen and and like just she was loved books and like proper literature and stuff yeah. so they yeah she's the language stuff is an, uh, maybe that's a way that you would connect with culture mm. when you're younger but we didn't have that. We just spoke English. Mm. So food was like the main The main way remnant. to do it.
1: Do you remember a couple of um or a few uh, standout like Sri Lankan dishes that you grew up eating? Off
2: yeah. Of? So the, like everyone always talked about mum's prawns mm-hmm. which I couldn't eat because I was allergic mm. to shellfish. So... <coughs> That was like the first thing I learned when I could eat prawns. I was like i got to learn how to do this. Um, But like my favourite dish of all time is this eggplant dish that my mum makes. And that's the one that I have in mind when I'm like I don't know if I feel like I want to share it just yet. I'll probably make a video of it eventually but to me it's like I don't know. It it carries all of this uh, emotional Mm. kind of entanglement as well. This could be
0: really daggy but could you make a video with your mum?
2: Yeah, I definitely could. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I don't know.
0: Is that too Hallmarky? I think that's adorable. It's
2: a great idea, but I've been living in Sydney as well, so I haven't really thought about it. Uh, but yeah, that. But then, hey, yeah, yeah, I'd have to put subtitles on it because the English is too good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Oh great!
2: Um, yeah, so that dish is, which is like, not even that difficult to make, but it is. Yeah, I don't know. It just tastes so good, and it 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 was always like a special occasion dish, and that kind of that adds gravitas to mm. it. What kind yeah. of eggplant dish is it? It's just like a um, I don't know what the word is. I guess it's like a braised kind of. You just like cook the eggplant down in spices for a real mm. long time, Yum. and it's like kind of it's like a mash. Amazing for vegetarians. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I gave you a few recipes. You did. Have you
1: we did a recipe indulged? exchange. You yeah. gave me like... Because you wanted a tiramisu recipe <laughs>
2: yeah. to make
1: for your girlfriend <laughs> yeah. for her birthday. Which is
2: amazing, by the oh, way. It yeah. turned out good. So good.
1: I found... Well, that that's... It reminded me before when you were talking about, you know, them just cooking without really thinking about recipes. And I asked my mum for a recipe and she really had to think about it because... That's not how she works. She just does it. She yeah, just knows yeah, yeah, these yeah. things and does the steps. She doesn't need it written down. Um, so I think I actually, I'd never really written a recipe out before. And looking back, I'm like, I made this way too complicated.
2: <laughs> oh, really?
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah.
2: But I found I, it very, I, I, oh, you I, was, found it good? I was like amazed because I don't, I can't bake or anything. Right. And I don't have much of a sweet tooth because of my yep. allergies mm-hmm. growing yep. up. I, so it was like, Kind of, I felt real cool to be able to make it. Like <laughs> I felt like I was making something way harder. Oh, than, that's yeah. great.
1: Well, I mean, uh, what I did was I wrote it out and um, put like recommendations of like this is the traditional way, but yeah, what I you could also yeah, do yeah because yeah. yeah, my mum we make it with pavesini biscuits, which is the savoiardi, the thick ones. Mm. Yeah. Is that what you use? Yeah, I couldn't
2: yeah, that's find that's the traditional the way, yeah. which
1: is yeah. It's fine. It's the way to go. Like (laughs) that's the traditional way. But for some reason mum's sort of latched onto these thinner... Oh uh, yeah. Okay. And it, it, it's just as delicious, but it's um a slight difference. And people are very particular about their tiramisu mm-hmm. recipes.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I remember for like years I couldn't eat tiramisu because my nonna's friend knew I liked tiramisu and for a birthday made me a tray. Yeah. And was like, It's all for you and I was like a kid, so I, I ate a tray of tiramisu in like oh, a day or two. Like lot. in an an outrageous amount of time and then I couldn't eat it for years. I love it now and I'm back on the train but there was a dark period you of my to, life. That's,
2: <laughs> most people have that experience with tequila and they're like…
0: <laughs>
2: but this wild kid is just too <laughs> much to yeah,
0: Mean, did they put alcohol in it? Oh, fuck yeah, of course <laughs> they yeah, did. Yeah, um, yeah. did you have a communion cake that didn't have alcohol in <laughs> yeah. it? Like, hello, uh, we were gonna have a fake communion a couple, like before COVID. Actually, at the start of the year, we were planning on yeah. having a fake communion because I wanted to go. There's this place in Tullamarine. Where did you grow up in Melbourne? Uh,
2: in like Glen Iris, so okay. southeast, yeah, yeah.
0: There's a place in Tullamarine that's called Eiffel Tower, but it's like the woggiest place ever. But they've named it Eiffel Tower, but <laughs> they make these cakes, and it was like where everyone went to get a communion cake, yeah. um, and to get like biscotti and stuff and my boyfriend didn't know what it was. And I was like, we have to throw a fake communion and buy cakes.
2: That's that's inspired. Oh, We
0: were all going to wear like proper outfits and there was a joke of like having a paddle pool in the backyard and like... Then it got really blasphemous. For a communion,
1: if people don't know who aren't Catholic... Um, It's the first time, yeah, you receive the Eucharist Mm -hmm. in church and for some reason they get these nine-year-old girls to dress in like a full virginal white Mm -hmm. like mini uh, wedding gown. It's bright. And the boys wear suits and... um, I have, yeah, the, the photos are just so outrageous. Oh my God, can we share
0: our communion photos online? Yes. Can, can I you would tell have me? Did you do a communion? Too, yeah. oh. oh my God, Bless. I might,
2: have to, I might be able to please dig please them up when I go to my mum's house. So, wait, did you wear a, a
0: p- suit? Sorry, I'm yeah, not done okay. with this. <laughs> this I,
2: I think I would have had uh, not the suit jacket, but I would have had like the formal pants and Amazing. one of those little waistcoat <gasps> things. I oh reckon. my God, we need. Maybe a tie or a bow tie? I can't remember that. It's so
1: bizarre all the pageantry and ritual involved
0: in in catholicism
2: did you
1: have a veil yes i had a veil okay see i, I have I, I didn't have
0: a veil but i knew you would fucking have a veil you yes. weirdo! that's amazing there's a
1: photo of me on the altar in my communion dress like with my hands in the prayer for <laughs> going back to our recipe share i gave you a recipe for tiramisu right and you made that? It came out nice. It
2: came out very nice, oh, and good. I know it's not really baking; it's just layering. But <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I was important. so proud,
0: to, and layering. Yeah, around.
2: I was so proud to have made a dessert, and also it's probably my favorite. <gasps> like I prefer it to cakes. It's the only anyways. dessert you've had. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But I love um, it. So and good. did your
1: girlfriend enjoy it? Yeah, it was
2: time. a very, it was a that's hit.
1: Oh, that's great. So I gave you that recipe, and then you shared with me. A, an entire Sri Lankan vegetarian <laughs> feast.
2: Because right? I because I'd promised to give you like a, a recipe in return, but like the vegetable dishes that I make, I, I usually make them in the view of like servicing a, a protein. Right. So it'd be like a meat curry, and then these are the sides that go with it. So I felt it was not. I couldn't just give you a little carrot salad.
1: Right. Well, this is own. this is what you sent me. Recipes for what's the? How do I pronounce the cabbage dish?
2: Uh poriel, Cabbage porielle. Yeah, which is like a stir fry.
1: Braised beetroot.
2: Yeah, which is a braised beetroot. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Carrot sambal.
2: Yeah, which is a sa- yeah like a salad. <laughs>
1: and a cashew curry. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna steal those. It, sambal it is, is like my favorite. Just a lot. Yeah, um, but they're all...
2: So the beetroot, the carrot take 20 minutes. Yeah. The carrot's like literally you grate it mm. and then you put lime on it and some spice and the beetroot yep. is like you just uh, like cut it into matchsticks which takes a while unless you have one of those mandolin things mm-hmm. and then you put it in a pot with coconut milk and spice and then 10 minutes later it's done. So they're, they're like, they take no time Simple. at all. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: because I don't want to make, I want to make the whole thing all together. Yeah. Because you presented it as a Sri Lankan dinner party. And I'm like, I want to have, this I want to do this. a mistake
2: yeah. that I made by, because the first video I put up was the cabbage one. Mm-hmm. And I thought in the description, I was like, oh, this is a side dish that you could serve with a curry. And in my head, that's just so intuitive. But I forget that like, you know, a lot of people didn't grow up eating this cuisine. And like white people don't know when they go to order food, they don't know what they're doing a lot no, of the time. I, yeah,
1: I and agree so with that. We like, don't.
2: <laughs> yeah. But so I had friends sending me photos being like, I cooked this. It was amazing. But they were just eating the cabbage with no. Else. You,
0: you <laughs> <And> made it <laughs> clear that it was a side.
2: Yeah, but, uh, well, I don't know why people were just eating this cabbage. So I wanted to give you like this is what you could do if you're going to. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to have complementary flavours. You do, yeah.
1: you do. There's a Sri Lankan um, cafe around the corner, yep. Tucker. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Which oh, is,
1: um, I feel like that is, oh, I don't know. You Have you been there?
2: Yeah, it's pretty authentic. Yeah.
1: Oh, right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, they're doing, because they're usually a cafe, um, breakfast type thing, breakfast, lunch, but now because places have had to shut, so they do take away oh, dinner yeah, as yeah. well. So that was delicious. That's awesome because um, they do Sri Lankan-style breakfasts. So yeah. Brunswick is full of... You can get a great breakfast everywhere. But what are you going to get? You're going to get on toast. You're going to get poached or scrambled eggs. You're going to get, you know, mushrooms on toast, that kind of thing. Whereas they do, you know, breakfast curries yeah. and sambals and yeah. um, they serve it with... Um, Rotty bread. After,
2: after going to like Southeast Asia, yeah. I've just like Western breakfast makes no sense to me. Wow. But, it, but people are horrified at the idea of eating like spicy food.
0: I hate that. A masala dosa is one of the greatest things it's in this world. Amazing, and it's like, yeah. yeah, eggs, eggs are fine. Eggs are great. I'll eat eggs every day. But if I could, if I actually had the ability to make a dosa, what the fuck? Why would I toast? <laughs> yeah. Are you insane? But
1: I understand because it is the first meal of the morning, and you get your, you get used to, you know, whatever you grow up with. Yeah. Um, but I love going there because it is that point mm. of difference, and we can have spicy food in the in the morning. I yeah. highly recommend that. <laughs> um, but you know, our typical. Melbourne breakfast is eggs on toast that kind of thing and then I've had cousins come from Italy that are just like oh I don't understand how you can have eggs in the morning mm. and all this sort of stuff because they usually have um a sweet they'll have yeah. a coffee yeah and a, have the, you know yeah, Nutella yeah. croissant or something yeah. like that and a cigarette. that's more what they that's more what they're used to they don't have cooked eggs yeah and even and then
0: th- like it's it is like it's Sugar, like so So much much sugar. It's a cake for breakfast. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's insane. uh, You
1: said you mentioned that your father was Catholic. Yeah. Is your mother or just your father? So,
2: mum grew up Hindu. Yep. But I think she kind of like was, yeah. Yeah. She was never, she was more into reading Jane Austen. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But her family in Malaysia is very like Hindu. Yep. Or they, like, so when I go there, the, we'll go to temple and stuff or we'll, like, there's, if we go to observe certain rituals, then we're vegetarian for the rest of the oh, week, that kind of thing. I like or, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've recently, during COVID, the, the two things I've been obsessed yep. with are cooking and, like, um Hinduism. Really? Just in a, I've just, like, I don't know. Because it, maybe it's, like, the cultural thing as well. Mm. But, uh yeah, then my dad, I think they just made a choice that because um, there was like in Australia there wasn't much Hinduism. Yep. So they're like let's raise them Catholic and then Make they can be easier. part of a community. They'll mm. go to a Catholic school. And he can wear a waistcoat thing. when he's
1: nine years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. He can <laughs> get, I, um-
2: eat the... Body of Christ. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we recently had to, my grandmother passed away recently and um, we had a funeral and it's in a Catholic church. She was very Catholic. And um, we needed to choose a lot of various songs for the ceremony and a couple of songs for when we show a slideshow of photos of her. And so I chose an Italian one called Caramamma. and um, then uh, I'm like, we need something else. It was kind of like... ...last minute because mm. we'd organise everything else. And they're like, what song do you want for this? So I'm like, all right, what should I do? And then I thought, oh, um a nice song is My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I said, Dad, how about that? He's like, oh, yeah, that's a beautiful song. So I I mentioned it to, <laughs> the, um, to the funeral directors. And then I said, oh, look, Dad, I, I just realised like... They do mention Hare Krishna in it. <laughs> like, they, they, chant. <laughs> they chant. They chant Hare Krishna. And I'm like, but like, you know, I don't know if any of these oldies will be able to even understand what it is or anything like that. And he's like, ah, yeah, that's fine. But then I told my mum and she's like, no, we can't have that in church. <laughs> what if the nun hears blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, okay. I said to them, listen, can you play this song for the photos but specifically cut it off at 2 minutes 50 because the first half of the song is about my sweet Lord and they chant hallelujah yeah. and then it um, uh, yeah, then goes it into crosses, Hare Krishna at yeah, yeah, right yeah, the yeah. end because my sister mentioned it. She's like, can we do that? Don't they don't they mention a Hindu god? <laughs> Isn't that what it's about? And I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll cut it Close off. Close shape. Yeah,
2: because George Harrison went to... India. Mm. Well, I think all the Beatles were in India, but he was like real into...
1: Yeah. Well, the song from reading about it was about like... He's chanting hallelujah for the first half and then the second half is chanting Hare Krishna and sort of saying, okay, it's a different religion but the sentiment is the mm. same yeah. in these things. But I don't know if these old Italians at church would have got that <laughs> subtlety. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> no. At least without the Wikipedia breakdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The who sampled. The I'm priest, the priest
1: might have been like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hang on. Do you have any connection to Catholicism at all or...? I, I'm um, completely lapsed, I feel. Yeah.
2: Nothing, so. very, we, I think, like, so we had that tradition of going to church every mm. Sunday. And so I was quite, yeah, like, it, most of my white friends that were Catholic mm. wouldn't even go to church every yep. Sunday. Yep. So it was, it's weird to me. And I've only kind of remembered that that was part of, like, a big, significant chunk of my life. And I've always, like, it's funny when you try to retro. Respectively, attribute personality traits to things from your childhood. Yes. And I've a lot of the last few years I've been engaging with this idea... ...of growing up as a like third culture kid or whatever mm-hmm. or second culture kid... Mm-hmm. ...like trying to fit in between these two cultures. And then I remembered as like oh there's a layer of Catholicism on top mm-hmm. of that. How much of this like maybe I'm I don't speak up for myself because of catholicism not cuz i'm a brown kid you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like cuz like i feel a lot of you know, well, it could like, be both. It could. Be, it's probably. Yeah. It probably is both. But it is fun to like play that game. I have. Yeah. If I probably could just go to a therapist, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I felt
1: very hesitant and very fearful, and I often think, "Yeah, how much is that? Yeah. That is involved?" Because you are going to church. We went also. We went like within school because yeah. we went to a Catholic school, and then out of school on Sunday. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure with school we went every Friday, and then we went then with Sunday. the family yeah, yeah. every Sunday. Then we've got communion, and we've got. Christmas. Christmas, yeah. and we've got Easter, and like you're just listening to these stories of like how God thinks yeah. you're terrible. And
2: yeah, it's so you interesting know. though, because I never, I was, I always hated church mostly because my grandma would sing real loud. <gasps> and then I she love would that. like give me the hymn book, and <laughs> I'd have to sing with her. And so I, but she was just like a really good singer, but I, you know, when you're like self conscious, so yep. I didn't want. So that was—I don't That's even think I was funny. really. Maybe subconsciously, I was absorbing okay. of all the stories, damaging but, things
1: about Catholicism. It was just that your grandma well, was still. Out. I can. I
2: personally cannot relate at all to the like guilt factor right. of mm-hmm. which a lot of like lapsed Catholics are like, oh, that it instilled this guilt in me. Yeah, I have never connected with that, but I do have. I'm sure it is on a subconscious mm. level there, um, but, but I I never that was not what i consciously took from catholicism yeah. see
0: i love that your whole thing was that you didn't want to sing or you know that your grandma was so like pushy i love that because i was the complete opposite i was the kid that was in the choir and then on my days off when i wouldn't like when there was a communion or a confirmation or something with the school i would then sing in the choir for the kids it wasn't even my communion or confirmation like i was that freak kid that liked singing in church but like didn't really like church and like never but i never really thought anything oh, of it it was like it was just a thing that we did but i I was like, oh, I get to sing? This is a great time mm. and frothed it. Yeah, it's weird. Hilarious. I'm still that kid though, aren't I?
2: I did yeah. a gig in, in Adelaide for this church there, like one of those new fandangled.
1: Yeah. Scientology? <laughs> no,
2: not that new, fandangled, but like one of those ScoMo type. Oh, are Hillsong
1: I? type.
2: Yeah. Evangelical Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evangelical. I think but I they, right. they I, what I, like, they sense a community. And it was the most diverse group of yes. people. Not, not sexually oriented diversity, but like uh, ethnicity diversity. Yeah. And they yeah. all got along and they were so happy. And I, there's something about that. Like they're just happy to be there for the performative yeah. aspect yeah, of they it. Yeah, have or huge like the, concerts. So, yeah, the community yeah. and I, I was like, can't you? I wish you could somehow take that
1: and, and remove the and religion.
2: And remove, yeah. It was very intoxicating. Yeah. And, and people right. looked genuinely very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I assume is from the community. That yeah. 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 So it is. It's kind of I don't know. It was inspiring, but I was like, I wonder how you can take that. And and export it to people who don't want that religious aspect. You've got it in comedy.
0: Like you guys are in a community (laughs) that is like, and I'm an outsider. Yeah, but no one's happy. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like every time I go and see your gigs, I mean, I know a handful of people that I've met over the years, going to gigs, going to shows, going to festivals, blah, blah, blah. But there is such a huge sense of community with comedy. And sure, there's like a little bit of competition and everyone's, you know, cynical because you're comedians. But you find that in other ways. Like it might not be so... Yeah, and I mean, as we've said, you live in
1: Sydney now, but I met you here and we became friends. And then, you know, going to Sydney, I automatically have a like if we want to call it community there. Mm. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of people that I gig with and I can just hang out with them after the show. Yeah. Like it is and true.
2: Comedy is like it is kinda of, it's very lucky that you can just travel to a city and you just kinda of have to do a good spot and then you've got like thirty friends. Do yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty, it is yeah, it's conditional cool. though yeah, on that yeah, yeah, good yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to make a good impression first.
0: So you've been dating your girlfriend for a while? Yep. Uh, and is she of a different background to you?
2: Yeah, she's uh, like Anglo-Irish Ooh. background. Yeah. How
0: long have you been together?
2: Um, It's like seven or eight years. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time. Wow. Yeah, the whole time I've been in Sydney plus like a year and a half yeah. before that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Crazy. And have you found – because like – I I had, you know, Anglo friends growing up but I don't think I realised like how woggy I was <laughs> until I started dating an Anglo guy um, from Shepparton. He's he's born in, in Shepp, lives in Melbourne now but like it makes me feel very ethnic yeah, yeah. when I go to the country and, you know... Even though you're t- a
1: very white person. Yes, yes. That's and true.
0: I wouldn't say I'm a very woggy person no. but suddenly since dating him I felt very... Very Italian, Different, which doesn't right? – I would never have defined myself as. I was wondering, yeah, do you ever have – well, I guess now you've been together for so long, it probably doesn't happen often, but do you remember when you first started dating, feeling
2: certain ways? Um, it's its very interesting because she's like uh, as kind of – she's first generation as well. Like her mm-hmm. parents – her dad came from Ireland when he was a kid, I think maybe like 14 or something, and then her mum came as a 10-pound pom – well, no, it was the other way around. Her dad came as like a 10 pound pom, mm. quote unquote. What does that mean? <coughs> they were, it was like you could pay 10 pounds and there were boatloads of these oh. migrants that came. And they were like economic migrants. Yep. And then I think her dad, uh, her mum's dad came here for like health reasons or something like that. Mm. But, um, but yeah, so her, her parents weren't born here. Mm. So yeah. they're kinda, it's very similar to my story except... They were here like a little bit longer than my parents. They grew up here a little bit. But she's like she wouldn't have walked around with anyone ever questioning her
1: Mm -hmm. identity
2: or whether she's – so she's like – it is. I find that bit very interesting because she she has this big Irish – like she has all these Irish aunties that live in Queensland and so she has engaged with a very migrant kind of experience because she'll go there, they have these big cook-ups and it's very – Family migrant vibe, mm. but then in her day to day life, she's very disconnected from that. Yeah. So 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 I can like when I spend time with her Irish family, there's all these little similarities that in just in terms of like being a culture that you export to like mm. this yeah. other culture, and and like I don't know if it's. I'm starting to think it's more a migrant thing than a Sri Lankan or an Italian or an Irish thing. But it's like family is all. Or I don't know why. Doesn't matter where you are from the in the world. But when you are a migrant to like a Australia or Canada or one of the yeah, it's like family becomes so important or community or whatever. Yeah, which doesn't my other Anglo friends never had that.
1: Yeah, I can see what you mean. It it is so important and um. Yeah, and also the connection with the people that are back in yeah. your country of origin. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there, I think that is a big similarity that so I found as well um, yeah. from different uh, migrants or uh, children of migrants. And then the difference which, you know, you've found as, you know, as white people you, you're you privileged because you are a migrant or you're a child of a migrant And no one's racist towards you even though our background is exactly the same. Your parents moved here from a different country.
2: It's just really interesting in the context of my relationship with my girlfriend to see how uh, it. she – I think she connects very much with her Irish migrant Mm. background Mm. but it's funny that no one would look at her and – yeah, and think exactly. Think of her and as.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I think that there are, I know I've heard in Italian circles um, of people talking about, you know, migrants from other different. Uh, backgrounds, whether it's Sri Lanka or whether it's from an Asian country, and the struggle they have here with racism and um, migrant groups who are white saying, "Oh, you know, we had struggles coming over here," and and that sort of thing. It's like, but like, it's the, completely different. You look like a white person. No one, yeah, would is questioning constantly questioning where you're from.
2: But I feel like I don't know. I I think. This is the crude way that I phrase mm. it on stage because it's funny to me. Yeah. But it's kind of the truth. I feel like the Italian migrants went through... Like there was a lot of prejudice against the Italian community. Yeah, but they And forget. now we <laughs> consider Italians as white. So I feel like the end goal is just to consider everyone as, as white. Yeah. <laughs> like you no, just slowly no, get no, fo- no, no. folded but, into... Yeah. But I what I mean, what I'm trying to say is that like I think it it is... Yeah, partly just a process of time. I know what
1: you're saying, but I think yeah, it's like to be able to consider everyone's differences as not a negative. Yeah, which is in Australia it doesn't exist at yeah. the moment because they consider differences but in ethnicity as a negative. Australia so.
2: is such an interesting case because I feel like we're even COVID is a real good example of mm. how lucky we are. Yeah, and we often fig- we often uh, don't attribute it as luck. So it's like when I feel like we get complacent and we think we've done something good, but we're just like the GFC. Somehow the rest of the world was completely fucked, and like our like the whether it was the politicians giving the stimulus or whatever, we somehow survived mm-hmm. it. People lost their jobs, but as yeah. a whole, as a nation, we're still very prosperous.
1: Mm.
2: Then COVID, we have hardly had like fingers crossed it doesn't spike, but we've been very lucky compared to. And we're, our borders were separate so we can lock, lock down. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel like we don't appreciate no, how we lucky don't. we have. And everyone. also
1: I feel like there are so many people struggling in this country and so many people who aren't lucky and who are in, uh, you know, positions of suffering, of being prejudiced against in horrific ways. But because so many of, these, of the people in this country... Are in a fortunate position. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, because well, cause the, it's when like you're, you're really comfortable, so you're not fighting for everyone's yeah. rights.
2: Yeah, and I think I think if you like, if we flip that mindset a little bit mm. and actually saw it as like gratitude for how lucky we are, yeah. it, instead of entitlement for like, oh yeah, this is we just have this because. We're the best country in the world, whatever. Yeah. Then it is very; it's a lot easier to all of a sudden empathize with those people who aren't as lucky or aren't as fortunate. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I think with the the migrant thing, I'm very lucky as well because my, like my parents were middle class and I grew up in a nice environment, and I didn't I like have I went to a white school, and so in that I think I did experience like a bit of the internalized. Racism yeah. and a bit of like the casual racism, yeah. but I didn't experience like a lot of direct bigotry. Yeah, like I was never beat up because of the color of my skin, mm. there were jokes or whatever, but uh, which I would play along with, oh, which is so whatever. Funny. But I also, but then just I, there's a bit, I'm a bit more resilient because of it, so there's like positives that mm. I, yeah, I <laughs> could take from it. I don't think I'm not condoning the behavior, yeah, but yeah. I'm like, I. Luckily, I had it better than others. A lot of which others, I'm yeah, grateful for. But I feel like in Australia that, um, it's weird how we talk about. Oh, is this too?
0: No, 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 um, no, 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 no. Keep
2: going. <laughs> it's weird how we talk about like migrants and racism as a separate thing from racism towards like Indigenous and First Nations. Yeah. And I feel like if we solve the first one, like the First Nations issue. It would make, because at the moment we centre like the colonialists as yep. they choose who comes here, the migrants, yeah. and then there's it's they also ignore the first nations exactly. issues. Mm. Whereas if you if you put the first nations people first, it changes this idea of who's choosing who comes here. Does yeah, that make sense? Totally. I don't it was very clumsy how I phrased it. No, it, it makes but sense. But it's like I don't think because we try to talk about them as two separate issues. But I feel like our uh, less welcoming attitude towards migrants is a symptom of the fact that we're like we're still pretending that we didn't just take the land, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that, you have to address that first before you can do the next bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Serene. No worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, where can people find your cooking videos and various other
2: Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah, so I'm, I'm on Instagram at Serene Comedy. I put all the videos on there but also on YouTube... I don't know how YouTube works, but go there and subscribe. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can search Saren's Home Cooking on YouTube. Saren's Home Cooking
1: yeah. on YouTube. Yep. Check it out. Oh, Give my God, they're so funny, really. Check oh, them out. They're yeah, amazing. Yeah. Give him a bloody cooking show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, let me travel around the world. Is that too much to us?
1: Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And thank you to all our wonderful listeners, especially people who have signed up to our Patreon. Oh, you feel so special. You angels, thank you so much. First batch of patrons. So I want to give a very big thank you and a shout out to Ben Borelli, Gus Viola, Daniel Tart, Nicole, and Amy. Thanks for joining. If you would also like to support us in our endeavors of this podcast, then you can sign up on Patreon. Check us out at Who the bloody hell are we? And you can get a shout out. You'll get newsletters. You'll get bonus episodes. You get all the love month. and
0: squishes and cuddles that I can
1: project into the universe. Yes. Ah, warms my heart. God yes. bless you. All our regular episodes are free, but if you want some extra special love from us mm-hmm. and help us keep this wonderful podcast running, <laughs> sign up. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Ciao. Thanks for listening to Who the Bloody Hell Are We? If you like what you're hearing, subscribe, rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. Audio production and original music is by Andre Christodoulou. Search for us on Facebook for more information about our guests, fun content and to keep the conversation going.